We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waters where we're recording from, the Awabakal and Wanarua peoples. We acknowledge the Awabakal and Wanarua elders, both past and present. You're up and the time to start ticking. We fucked that up before. <laughs> Coming to you live from Awabakal and Wanarua lands, this is the Bay 53 podcast. Let's start that again. <laughs> on the field for the Newcastle Knights. Darren Tracy's first touch of the footy. Now Andrew John. Fights a little hole himself. He's close. Right. He reaches out. That's a try to Andrew John. Root streak from the little halfback. And that's a good reward for a great game. It is debut match for the Newcastle Knights in first grade. Andrew John scores the try and that should wrap it up for the night. Coming to you live from the Wabakal and Wanarua lands, this is the Bay 53 podcast and we are part of the Sports Best Friends Podcasting Network, still brought to you by A-plus Contracting and Poly Welding. Well, the Knights have put in their worst performance for 2022 in front of the biggest crowd of 2022, leaving their fans shaking their heads in anguish and their fists in fury. So we're going to ease you through the pain. Sit back, let Bretto and the K-Dog soothe your soul as we rope in yet another Knights fan to deconstruct just what is going on with the Newcastle Knights. The Eels pants us, Bretto. They absolutely, utterly pants us. What the fuck is wrong with us? We're a very good football team, mate. We are not a very good football team. Yeah, no, you're right. They they pants us. They didn't play any good football. They just literally walked through the middle of our pack. They, uh, look, it's probably groundbreaking to say that we're not a particularly good football team. I I think, though, what's actually groundbreaking is just how bad we've shown that we're still capable of being. We're terrible. Like, we are just awfully, awfully terrible. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, since the early Brown days, the thing has always been we need to close the gap between good and bad, mm. and the gap is still as wide as ever. Oh, it's gone wider. If, if, if anything, the gap might be as bad because the good's not as high as it, as it was a couple of years ago. Well, look, I think um, the greater context of where we're at as a team is probably something we'll talk at at greater length. So we'll probably go back to that Roosters game again to um, just discuss how bad Sunday was. But before we go too much further... As I said, we've managed to rope in another fan who was silly enough to say, sure, I'd love to talk about the Knights and just how terrible they are. Sky, welcome aboard. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. How are we? Oh, you know, living the dream (laughs) of being a Knights fan. You know how it is. Always fun. Always fun. Um, How are you feeling after the insipid performance that was the Newcastle Knights uh, on Sunday afternoon? Not not great. It was <laughs> definitely not worth sitting in the rain and then sitting in the sunshine for, but, I mean, it can only go up from here, I hope. Are you, sure? Sure. Are you sure? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> we do have, have the storm next week. It just keeps going. Well, yeah. Storm, Sky. Before we um, before we get um, too far into the game yesterday, I want to um, give you a chance to tell um, our, our dozens of listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, how did you uh, come to be a um, passionate, and you are a passionate fan uh, of the Newcastle Knights? Tell your story. Um, probably started when I was about four or five, and my pop and my auntie said. 
will take you to a game. They've taken my siblings, my cousins, and yeah, taken us all and only two of us have stuck to going to the games and being so supportive. Um, yeah, so that was it. And I've never looked back. So it's been a long time, like what, 25 years. What is it? Can I ask, what is it about the Knights itself? Like, is it the game? Is it the, is it, it can't be the way the team plays, but is it the idea of the club? <laughs> Definitely is not it, at the moment. Yeah. What, what is it about that, that's sort of stuck so, um, so solid, solid with them? I don't, I can't put like my finger on what exactly it is I just love the team Mm. I love like going to the games the atmosphere when they do win it's good (laughs) yeah I just I just always just loved going to the games I love yeah the atmosphere is good and the team I do love the team but yeah there is. Um... This is a safe space. You can say you hate them. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, there is something about a night sort of game atmosphere that um, yeah. to date I don't think I've sort of been able to find that you can replicate um, at uh, particular, certainly at other rugby league uh, grounds. I don't know if it's the, the Newcastle chant or if it's just the familiarity of it all. But, I mean, the atmosphere was amazing at the game on Sunday with the 25,000 that managed to um, make their way to the game uh, against the Eels. Yeah, that was the really disheartening thing for me, that there was a really good atmosphere at the game. Mm. That we couldn't come out and at least – I'm not saying win, but at least produce some decent quality football. That's, a, you know, and especially the fact that, you know, the entire off-season and the early couple of games was, you know, we, we've spent so much time away from home in the last two years. We want to get back to MJS and do it for the fans to, um, to produce that on the biggest crowd of the year. It was just, yeah, not good. Bruno, I'm going to um, I'm going to pull you up there very quickly because there are a couple of things that I do want to chat about before we do our round of grounds and then before we um, jump back into the uh, the misery of the yield result. Um, I want to get everyone's opinion on the uh, the sort of breaking news, or at least the breaking story last week that uh, the NRL is taking a game to the USA, mate. Is this how we're going to crack, finally crack the US market and um, get those uh, billions and billions of dollars of uh, sporting revenue from the US into the game? Oh, this is just a Ru- Russell Crowe and bloody Hugh Jackman little loving. That's all it is. <laughs> the starters, why would you take Manly there? Like Manly are a, are a small club in terms of fandom and eyeballs. If you, if you actually want to make a, a mark, you've got to, you've, you've got to take Storm of Brisbane, don't you? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, you know, like you, you take the Roosters maybe because they're Sydney. You take the Sydney Roosters versus the Melbourne Storm. At least the US audience might understand that. Mm. Yeah, the uh, the idea that two little peninsula, like a peninsula, and, you know, the southern half of Sydney are playing off. No one in America's going to give two shits. Sky, your thoughts? Haven't they tried this before? Didn't they take a game? It didn't, work, it didn't work with State of Origin. That's the thing. They tried it with State of Origin. It didn't even work for that, you know? I did. Yeah, I, I like, yeah you go, Sky. I feel like there was a game a, a few years ago. They played a test match going, there. In, yeah. New Zealand played um, Great Britain in a test match in Denver. Yeah. But they did, did okay, but, you know, like, the, the thing is, but people started watching it because they thought it was rugby because they actually know rugby in, in the U.S. until yeah. they realised this is a whole different game. You know, that's the problem. It gets promoted as rugby and they think it's the same as, yeah, as the All Blacks and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. like rugby league's got no foothold in, in there, which is which is shown by the fact that they try to start those competitions up. And every time we have all these Twitter jump on the bandwagon of these new yeah. American teams, they all disappear within two months. 
I think I think that's the reason for me why I think the whole thing's just not uh, silly because there never seems to be. Or I've got no issue with them if they want to play footy in the US. They can play footy wherever they want. The Super League want to play footy in China. I've got no um, qualms with that. The, what always bothers me about these ideas and and the two things that really I wanted to talk about. Uh, in terms of, of this question was the first one was it always feels like it's a one-off. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like, you know how the AFL were going to make it big in China. And so they took the Port Adelaide and the Suns game to, at least they tried to make it an annual event, or at least they, I, I think they might be maintaining it now that the pandemic's sort of uh, starting to clear up, but that was going to be a regular thing. It wasn't going to be this one-off game and, oh, well, we had our fun and we'll see what happens. I think the second thing that sort of bothers me the most about it, and as is always the case with um, Peter Volandis, is that he, um, he he managed to sort of frame what they're doing in the context of something that just everybody fundamentally agrees uh, disagrees with, which is that, well, we've tried to raise as much revenue. We've raised all the revenue we can in Australia, and now it's time to go abroad. And there are so many areas uh, in Australia that the game is just ripe to head to to raise that revenue that they're basically ignoring and saying no we've tried everything now we need to go to the states i think those are the two things that bother me about the idea yeah you're 100 right like there's no way they've taken all the um possible growth out of rugby league in australia that's just it's just garbage it's just valandis being valandis he does the, at the end of the day valandis doesn't know rugby league he, he can't even pronounce the word for fuck's sake <laughs> but, but you know like the idea that we've 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 sucked that lemon dry when South Australia don't have any regular games, yeah. West Australia don't have regular games. You know, we've never been to Tasmania. You know, we don't. We, we've only ever played in Melbourne. We haven't tried regional Victoria at all. We haven't tried you know much in regional Queensland as in off the coast. You know, we haven't gone inland in in Queensland. That sort of stuff. There's so many more areas we can do it in, in rugby league here in, in New Zealand and the islands. Like I prefer to take a game to, to Fiji or Samoa. Yeah, you know, or Tonga rather than yeah than than America. And obviously the other big one that's um, – there are a lot of people on NRL Twitter who are pointing out, you know, if you were so big on raising revenue from external sources, why did you shut down your digital arm of NRL.com? Like that was a, that was a great avenue to sort of um, make this huge, this huge revenue stream for the game. But uh, apparently playing a one-off game in the US is going to be more profitable. Guys, we um we won't um, linger on that too long. I, I I honestly don't think that's going to be a um, long term story in any event. Let's uh let's get some around the grounds sort of happening. <laughs> Willie Mason, oh, I just wanted to quickly ask Willie Mason dropped the hottest take of the year that I've seen on the internet, where he said the Penrith Panthers are the best team in the comp. Um, has he <laughs> Sky? Has Willie hit the nail on the head there, or is he um, just uh, throwing those hot takes out there for um, to get the hits? Yeah, that's one of his best. <laughs> the undefeated, the undefeated like, defending premiers. Yeah, what well up, Willie? How, how do you argue with that? Uh, jokes aside, though, the Panthers, I actually don't think the Panthers anymore are the team that everybody like should try to be or wants to. I think they're better than what, any, any other team is sort of capable of aiming for at the moment. I'm I'm not sure we've come across a team this dominant um, in the in the NRL era. I will give you a, a genuine hot take. I think they're the greatest team of all time with so few superstars. I mean, look at that team. How many of those guys are genuine superstars? Nathan Cleary. Yeah. That, and that's and that's it. Because I, I, I actually do think I see what you're saying. Like I say, yeah, yeah, at the moment. 
Yeah, they got a lot. They got a lot of very good players and best players yeah. in that position, but they're not superstars. Like Isaiah, yeah. Isaiah Yo is not a walk-in start for the Blues that alone for Australia. Yeah. You know, Jerome Lu- Luai will play for New South Wales. You know, he's he's not the best five eight. Cameron Munster's better than him. Mm. Um, Brian Toto is the best winger, but he's not standout head and shoulders. You know, he's not a Greg Inglis in the back line. Dylan Edwards is is very good, but you know, he's what the fifth or sixth best fullback maybe. I, I've never seen a team with so few superstars be anywhere near that good. Yeah. Sky, thoughts? It just works for them. I don't know what they do. Just everything they do, just they, I don't know, it just swings their way. Bruno and, yeah. and I were commenting earlier um, this year, we, we sort of had the privilege to watch them annihilate the Titans at Magic Round last year. And I think what blew us away about watching the Panthers team live is that your good teams always play as a unit and they always cover space no matter what's going on or where the ball is. And we've just yeah. never seen a team so cohesive um, manage to do that before. Like they just seem to be everywhere where they needed to be. And I think that's part of what makes everything sort of work for them. They, they just play with this unity and this level of fitness and this skill that, um, yeah, like you say, it just makes everything work for them. Yeah, it's freaky to watch. Even that Nathan Cleary kick, like you'd see that with other teams, and they just the winger just lets it go over the sideline. Mm. He got—I don't even know who it was, but he grabbed it. And it's like, how how do you guys get this to work every single time? How you, know, you, you know what the yeah. amazing about Penrith? Like, like I've never seen a team be so on the same page, which is why that kick works. Yep. You know, and th- all those little things work. Because they are always on the same page in attack or defence, they are always on the same page. It, it's it's a, it's absolute as a, as a lover of rugby league, like as someone that really likes junior rugby league and the basic fundamentals of the game. It's beautiful to watch. Like they just do everything perfectly. Like absolutely, how you got into textbook. And their depth at the moment is just something that's sort of off the charts. I mean, they lost the form winger in the comp, Brian Tile, for um, eight weeks. And when he comes, like, he'll come back into the side, but they've got a genuine sort of selection dilemma in terms of uh, the the player that they drop, whether it's Tylan May or whether it's um, uh, Charlie Staines. I mean, and to be in that sort of position, the, the way the club has developed, um, I, I, Gus, Gus's five-year plan actually is probably starting to finally pay off. So this is what... This is what Gus knew they were capable of. This is what they've always been capable of, Penrith. Like, Penrith should have been like this since the early 90s, you know, in that golden generation they had then. This is what they've always been capable of because they just produce 10 first graders a year. You know, that's who they are. But they were so badly run that they were like the Knights. You know, they, they'd pick the wrong players. They wouldn't develop They wouldn't develop players, all that sort of stuff. Finally, I don't know whether it's Ivan Cleary has made the difference or it's the whole, I don't know what it is. But they've finally made it all just click, and it's clicked like nothing's ever clicked for a club before. You say that about the Knights then, and then we sort of, you know, in a magical land where anything is possible and maybe we might one day live up to our potential, we're sort of trying to emulate the Roosters in the storm. Is Penrith the blueprint for the Newcastle Knights? I'll let you go that side. <laughs> no pressure, Sky. <laughs> no pressure. Um, I think they could be, could go that way. I just, I, I don't know what, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. 
No, that's all I right. Think... You're a Knights fan. The Knights don't even know what they're trying to do. Just <laughs> yeah, let they it happen. Don't know they don't know what's going on. They, it just doesn't seem like at the moment, besides Kaylin at the back, that everyone just has no idea what they're doing. Yeah. It's, it's, and... quite, it's quite interesting, but, like, this is literally what Penrith were 10 years ago, like what we are now. Where we, you know, you look at the side and go, there's a lot of solid first grades in that team. You know, there's one or two really, really good players. And, you know, when they had Luke Luke Lewis and all that had just gone and they would sort of at that next um, development stage of their players and they just never quite made it, got it together. But that's where we are now. But the difference was they just kept at it. And they, they had a philosophy they believed in, whereas we seem to chop and change, you know, every two years. Yeah. Yeah, guys, I um I, I could talk about how great the Panthers are all night, but um the Sports Press Friend Network have got uh, the big cat chat if you really want to go in depth on that. Look, there's only a couple of other things that I really wanted to um talk about from the round. Uh, FYI, uh, Dragons are up fourteen to nil over the Roosters as the second half kicks off in that game. So it's making our Roosters win look worse and worse by the way. Oh, it's just that 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 round just the the context around that round one win just gets worse and worse with every passing minute. Guys, I, I guess the other um, thing that really I wanted to talk about was have we seen a better first half performance by an individual in the NRL than what Siasifa uh, Talakai did to the Manly Sea Eagles, more specifically Morgan Harper on Thursday night? That is one of the most brutal clinical um, skillful efforts by a player I think I've ever seen. Yeah, that was freaky. Wasn't it? It was. It was just freaky. A watch. beast. It's just funny. It's funny you watch that. Like I, I watched. I've rewatched that since. You know what really amazes me? That he wasn't even. It's not even he was doing anything amazing. He was just doing what he can do. He was running hard. He, yeah. was play, he was playing the ball at the right time. He was picking the, the right player to run out. It's just like he was in this zen zone where he just knew what had to happen, and he just did it perfectly. Morgan Harper was just – he was in just – his mind was blowing, trying to stop it all coming at him. I don't think um, – I don't. Th- I genuinely don't think Des Hasler pulled Morgan Harper as punishment. I think he was doing him a favour. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, before it ruined him, 100%. <laughs> yeah. I think he was like, look, you've got a long first grader career ahead of you. I don't need you to experience another 40 minutes that might stop you from ever playing the game again. <laughs> oh, there's guys handing there's, there's, there's retirement ab- at the end of the game. There's absolutely guys that have had their careers ruined in one game. Yeah. You know, they just get so done in their head that they can never come back. Steve Michaels. Steve yeah, Michaels. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a just a phenomenal performance by Talakai, and I think the the story around him in terms of like I've got to be honest with you, I've started to get a bit worn out by the not. It's not even a redemption story, but you know when Fox sort of likes to do their background story and and telling you know where players came from and what they've done, and it just starts to feel like too much drama. But with someone like Talakai, where you find out he was like, no, my my career was done. Like I, I there was no, I was young, I was washed up. I had and the Sharks have just given me an opportunity, and I'm taking it with both hands. Um, it it actually is a bit of a sort of feel good story for rugby league. That's what I would prefer to hear than other players that are getting their redemption stories at the moment. Oh, absolutely. Don't even go down that path. If I see one more (laughs) redemption story for that idiot, fair dinkum, (laughs) the phone's going to end up in the frigging Hunter River. Jesus. Talakai is a really great story, you know, and we and we don't we don't pound it. The AFL would be pounding that story every five minutes if he was an AFL player. You know, the NFL would be doing a 30 for 30 on him. 
There was the Sudanese player for the Swans, Alir Alir. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. When he was sort of starting to get some prominence, the AFL – like he was, um, he was sort of a, a flagship story for about a month, and it wasn't as even if like they were trying to flog a dead horse or sort of take it. They were just like, no, this is a good news story. We think everybody will just enjoy hearing about it. So, yeah, it's good to see Talakai getting a bit, um, bit of attention for where he's coming. You know what he can achieve. Oh, look, guys, um, last thing before we do jump into the night's deconstruction or uh, implosion, uh, I want uh, Tigers. I want to talk about the Tigers. Two in a two really? in a row. Really, really, no, really? I really do. I really <laughs> do. Two in a row. What field goal winners? Um, it's the Luke Brooks redemption story. Um, it's look, you know, particularly given our producer, biggest the biggest tiger is a massive. Uh, well, he's a tiger's man. That's stuff that you really do like to see. I'm I'm, 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 I'm out. Thing, I'm so. out. I'm out. Sky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll come to you then, Sky. A lot of uh, our night, a lot of Knights fans actually were watching the Tigers, going, "Well, I wish our boys would play by that, you know, play like that." Forget the Panthers. Is the Tigers the team we need to turn to to start turning yeah. our season around? Maybe it is, because they have clipped it. Something's in a matter happened. of two weeks. Yeah, something's happened. Where Jack, Jack, Jackson, Justin Hastings has got fired. That's what's happened. We need to, uh, to buy like him. A, a, a halfback. A halfback. Is so important to the game of rugby league yeah. that if you're that good in the, at, at halfback, and, and it's not just the way he's played, he's played some good solid footy, but it's the enthusiasm that he's produced. You know, and he's dragged guys up to that level of enthusiasm, and guys are playing in career best form. That's that's the difference. Yeah, yeah. Sky thoughts? Yeah, we we definitely need something, a halfback probably to just get get the team motivated. But that's my, hope for Milf. That, that's my hope for MILF. Like, there's all the MILF things. I just hope that MILF knows that his whole career earnings depends on the next six months. Now, he's got to deal with the Dolphins, yeah. but there's no money signed or anything yet. How much he actually gets paid is still dependent on, you know, how he's going. So that's what I hope for MILF. MILF just comes in and just plays four months of enthusiastic, you know, run the ball sort of stuff. Because these 10 times a player Jackson Hasten is, in ability-wise. That, that's, that's my hope. That's the only thing you can save that season. Very quickly, uh, before we jump onto the Knights, uh, the, the the latest victim, one point victim of the Tigers was the Rabbitohs. They got, I mean, you know, as a as a fan of a team that knows how to identify concerns, there were a couple of things that the Rabbitohs are doing that are probably a little bit concerning. If I was Jason Demetriou at the moment, yeah, Demetriou, um I don't know. I, I don't know about South. I. The problem with South has been that that Cody Walker intercept thing happened when Adam Reynolds was leaving. So they just assumed Re- Cody Walker would take over the team once Re- yeah. they let Reynolds in. And that intercept in the grand final has destroyed Cody's confidence so much that he can't lead the team and Ilias is not ready to. Ah, it's, um Yeah, it's a real concern. And, you know, obviously they've had very little Latrell so far this year. Um, Damien Cook's played really well. And, Damian Cook, and the reason why, you know, there's still – in and around the, the eight, and that is because of Damian Cook. He's played really well. Um, and obviously um, Cameron Murray, but no, they it, could, it was such bad timing what happened to Cody just as, as um, A-Ray was leaving. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Newcastle are the premiers. Look, we've, um, I don't know, we, we've held off, I've held it off long enough. We're going to have to, <laughs> 
Keep we're going stalling. to have to talk about it. Yeah, I can't stall anymore. <laughs> Sunday, uh, round seven. Sunday out at McDonald's. See you guys. I'm going to get you a drink. <laughs> yeah. Is, it, is this done now? Round seven, uh, Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m. It was a beautiful sunny afternoon out at McDonald Jones Stadium. The Knights should have been fired up off the back of their uh, captain and best player committing to the club for um, five years. Uh, and also, Brett, I just quickly, I said last week that'll take him to nine. I think it's, I think it's actually ten. I think the end of this year, I think the end of this deal will be um, ten years, 2018 to um, 2027. Anyway. Um, we got absolutely towed up by the Parramatta Eels. And to be honest with you, I don't think the the Eels got out of third gear against us. 39 to 2, it was a debacle. It was just absolutely awful. We actually had 39 points put on us straight after we scored the first two. Uh, we were that poor that the disrespectful field goal didn't even rate a mention. God awful. Just God awful. Sky, t- tell yeah. T- tell me your feelings. What are you, what are the emotions that are um, coursing for you through your veins after this game? I just got to the point where it was like, this can't be a real team. This can't be the same team from round one. When they were scoring points, they were just doing whatever they could to win. And then yesterday, it didn't even look like they were interested in being there. For my not even round one, it's the, the round three team. The team that yeah, played for fifty-seven minutes. The team that played for fifty-seven minutes against the team that never concedes points. We we scored three tries with twelve men, and yeah. since then we we barely looked like getting over halfway, let alone getting out of the trial line. Just, we scored we scored eight points in our last two home games. We scored one try. It's it's incredible, and it's isn't it? I think it's six points, isn't it? Four and two. I think we had he got down converted the first time, wasn't it? Thirty to four. No, nah, we lo- we lost to Manly 30, 30 it was thirty-six. To six. Was it? Yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah, no, we um, yeah, I I said to you at halftime yesterday. I've never seen a team have so little punch. Like we literally don't do anything fast in attack. We're just so pedestrian and slow. And Kurtman drifts across the field. We literally no ball runners. So the defense goes, well, you're not going to pass it because no one to pass it to you. And if you run it, you're Kurtman. We're not scared. Like it's just, I, I, I've no, I, honestly, I don't know how a first grade team can be that clueless in attack. Bretto, you, 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 um, always have a tell on the team from minute one. Um, I thought from the first set, yesterday, I, I thought in the first set yesterday we, we showed up. I actually thought they played with a bit of aggression in the first set. We put on a good set. We put on a good kick. Um. I thought the boys had shown up. They they gave all the impressions early on that they were up for a contest. Yeah, you're right. We absolutely did not. And and I actually said to the mate Lamumba, who sits in front of me, once we'd given away that first penalty, I said, okay, so we've started well for eight or nine minutes. Can we defend the first penalty? And on the back of that, Sean Lane strolls over. That's that's the issue with this team. We're so mentally weak. And then that, and that, as we used to always say, you could tell this team in 10 minutes how they'd play, but this team has become so mentally weak now that they can play good for 10 minutes, but that's all they can play good for. Like, we did we did that so many times in the Dragons game. You know, we we play well for 10 minutes and we're letting us off try. We're getting us merely, you know, every time they put a bit of pressure on us, we're letting us off try. Absolute mental midgets. Was the writing on the wall when we went for the penalty goal first up? I mean, in the end, we lost 39-2. to two. What's the difference between 39-2 to two and 39-2? to 
to nil? Like, should we have just got tried to go for? Did did the fact that we had a mentality saying let's just get points on the board sort of indicate that maybe we weren't up for that? Maybe we something was wasn't right. I'll leave that for you, Scott. Um. Well, I have a theory from oh. previous years, oh, and it, it hasn't it hasn't been a thing for a while, but. I feel like every time we take the two, there's no point scored after that. No, it, it is 100%. That is a yeah, fact. That is a scientific fact. As soon as they took the two, I was like, this is over. Game's yeah. done. See, I get, I get, I get the mindset of it. So I get the mindset of the two in the mindset of the, the, the game situation of we want to try and grind out a tough game here. I get that mindset. But then you've got to be able to back it up and go, well, yeah, we're going to play grinding for 80 minutes. We can't give up any soft tries. You know, we if, if our goal is to score two tries to win, we can't we can't concede friggin' six. You know. Yeah, like, we we yeah. we 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 did the first step of the grinding win uh, t- uh, sort of uh, tactic without actually following through on any actual grinding grinding out. And Sean Lane strolls over and the grinds out the out the window. <laughs> um. Guys, I want to take you through some pretty damning statistics. We did a post um, at Bay53Pod on Twitter, uh, and we went through the metres run for our forwards. Now, to some of their credit, uh, a couple of these stats have gone up, but it it really hasn't done them uh, much good anyway. So David Clemmer, 83 metres all run. Dan Sofidi, he's he's bumped up to 59. He was only 48 yesterday. Yep. Uh, Tyson Frizzell, 81 from six. So he was 66 yesterday. So he's gotten another bumper. But Kurt Mann, 43. Jay Saf, who started, 88. Leo Thompson, my boy, let us down, 32. And uh, Simi Sasagi, equal biggest meter getters outside of our um, back five, 88. Uh, that's that's bullied. We're bullied out of the game. Like That is just, that's not good enough from your forwards in any way, shape or form. It's it's a real symptom of the of the style of game we tried to play yesterday. Yesterday we tried to play around Parramatta, but not actually with any punch, as I said before. Like we just we tried to go two off the ruck all the time and hit the centers, hit the outside backs. Like Edric, a lot of times would get a you know get the ball two after two passes, sort of you know just to the um, just off center field. And he'd make it a nice sort of ten or fifteen meters, but mm. we didn't actually then follow that up with a with a forward hit up. So you do that, you shift the ball, you you, you create a bit of a dent. Edric's good at getting a fast play of the ball because he generally ends on his belly, you know, his long levers get him up quick. But then the next tackle was going sideways the other way instead of a, a twin or a clamor or even a Kurt Mann hitting the ball quickly off the middle of the ruck and blowing the middle apart. Oh, that's literally how the Tigers beat the Eels is they spread it. They they sort of got them off balance and then blew their middle apart with the next ruck. We are so dumb, so dumb. Yeah, we're definitely not a smart. We're definitely not a smart team. I um I, I think like the two points at the beginning. I sort of look. You take the points. You know, everybody's going to be critical if you don't get something. So that's fine. I can sort of take it. I'm not going to lie to you. The Sean Lane try I thought was soft, but for some weird reason it didn't bother me at the time. It was actually the Hayes Perham try. On about half an hour, that was when I really started to get concerned because by that stage, it's half an hour into the game, we hadn't really shown very much, and then the Eels had just muscled their way over for a try, which and it was a great finish by Hayes. The Eels had to still earn it, but it was like we've done nothing. 
Like, I think back on that game now, and I can barely remember where I felt confident that our attack was going to do anything to get us any points unless we got given another another penalty. So by the time the Eels had gone back up the uh, the northern end of the field for um, Hayes to score after half an hour, and we, we still only had the two points, that was when I started to get nervous, like real nervous. And, of course, at that stage... And I want to get. I want to ask you a bit about this guy. Kalen Pong is off with a HIA because he'd been taken out in illegal play, and his head had banged into someone's knee. So, yeah, that was when the that was when writing really started to appear on the wall for me. Yeah, I was about similar. I thought they would let him more when Kalen was off. Not that he's like defending the line all the time, but. Yeah, as soon as he went off, I was like, this is going to go so bad. And so, it just. So, what was your take on the incident itself? Because, um, as is always the case whenever it, it, it's um, Kalen Ponga, he's, um, he's the soft one in all of this. So, people were yeah, saying always. that he got, well, he got what he deserved because he was taking a, tie, a dive from the Reed Marnie um, shoulder off the ball. And they're like, well, he was he was trying to take a dive to earn a penalty that he didn't deserve. So, you know, he deserved to get hit hit in the head. Like, this is the stuff that's actually doing the rounds about this guy. Yeah. Um, but, of course, Kalen goes off for the HIA. So we're down to 16 players and without our best player. And Parramatta Eels just get to carry on with um, with their full complement. Um, all we got for all of that was a pe- all of our troubles was a penalty. Yeah, that annoyed me. That oh. Reed, Reed got to stay. And I know it was an accidental... But he still took him out. And Kalen doesn't dive often. I wish he would dive more because we could get so many penalties the amount of times that he gets hit. And the How one time he, he stay down? He could, he could stay down so yeah. many more times than he does, and he never does. And he never does. And there's sometimes I just look at him and I'm like, lay down. Just lay down and we'll get something because every other team does it. But we just never milk it for a penalty and that's like, what frustrates me because yeah the dive thing is blows my mind he was off balance because Kalen was not expecting the ball because he knew he was just a decoy yeah. so he's completely off balance Reed hits him on the side and Kalen goes down and he not only goes down he like literally flies through the air and people call him a dive because it's Kalen oh like I just it yeah. just makes my blood boil I don't I don't get what that kid has to do to get a bit of respect in the game but uh, this is why I think that uh, this is why I think Kalen Ponger actually is the evidence that I don't buy for a second that players don't listen to the chatter about them online, like and particularly um, uh, particularly when you sort of notice how much um, Kalen, as you sort of pointed out, he does like. Uh, what am I trying to say? I, I can't think of too many players. I don't think Kalen's the toughest player I've ever come across. So sort of like Andrew Johns is still one of the is still the toughest footballer I think I've ever watched play live. But I can't think of a player that I've watched who tries to prove how tough he is every time yeah. he takes the field. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I always get just get the feeling that's because he knows people think call him soft. And he's trying yeah. to say to people, I'm not soft. And Kalen, if you're listening, you're not soft. We we know Definitely that. People soft. know. Yeah, people know that. So, um, um, but yeah, like JWH he, used to have a target on his head, and he'd get up every time. Yeah, yeah. It just, it really, it really, it really annoys me. But at, at the rest of the forwards in that situation, 
And David Clement, I was I come on this pod always say, you know, Clem's the sheriff, you know. The Knights attitude changed when Clem came to town because they couldn't get bullied anymore. Well, your best player just got wiped out in the middle of the ruck and not one single knight went over there and ripped Reed Marnie's headgear off and shoved it up his ass. Like, that's what first-grade teams do. Your captain just got taken out with off the ball, and we all stood there and, and watched. Come on, that have a crack. Another thing, one of the players, I can't even remember who it was, he got knocked down. I don't know if it was Tyson, but no one went up to check on him. And I was just like, other teams you see, everyone running in like, oh, our player's down, our player's down. We just got, like, they just watched him. And I'm like, you guys even care about remember your the, teammates? Remember the, like, remember the preseason when Voss was making the big deal about the Knights had that little bet the last man to, to congratulate their teammate yeah. to get fined? Where'd that go? Maybe now that's they, why now they, went walk, they went and walked across the field now to pick up the football. Like, it's ridiculous. Maybe that's why we stopped scoring tries, because too many players were losing money from oh. getting to the hub. <laughs> so, so all the wingers are like, look, we'll do everyone a favour. We'll sort of, um, we'll, we'll give it up. No more look, tries. Look, um, I, I was concerned with the Hayes-Perham try. I'm not going to lie to you. At 14-2 to two down, though, at half time, you're still in it. Like, you're at home, big crowd, you've got the half time to work it out. Sky, going into the second half, what did you have any expectations of the team? Had you given up on ball? As they were coming out, and Kalen was, was back on the field by that stage, did yeah. you think, oh, look, that half is behind us, maybe we can do something here? I was hopeful. I was like, surely they're going to get the dressing down the halftime chat they'll come out they'll fire up a bit but they came out the exact same way like they didn't look like they were close to scoring points it's like they all just like look lost can i ask you if you're adam o'brien at half time what are you saying to the team like if anything what do you what do you want to achieve from your halftime talk what are you trying to um say to them to get them to lift for um for the second half I don't, I don't know what you could have said to them. Like you're right. Yesterday there was nothing like, to say. There was nothing to say yesterday. Yeah, yeah absolutely right. Like you have twenty five thousand fans there, and yeah, I don't know. It's just you know what I, I think. Where Adam, where Adam O'Brien um, gets hurt in that situation, I think he's naturally a ranter and a raver. You know, he comes from the Craig Bellamy school, and he's really quickly learnt there's way too many soft touches at the Knights that don't handle that. So I actually yeah. think that he gets caught in that quandary of, well, I can't rip these blokes apart every week because they haven't handled that well. You know, um, what do I do? Like, I, if, then I, you know, I, if I try and be constructive, well, then that's not getting through. He's just, I think he's just out of ideas of how to actually deal with those sort of situations because nothing works. I'm sure he's tried it all and none of it works. Guys, Bretto and I sort of um, said that, we, we labelled the 2022 season the season of no excuses. Like, that, that was really our expectations. It's, it's top six or bust for us. There are no more excuses. Injuries can't matter. It's it's Adam O'Brien's team. It's third year in. Um, he's got the personnel. They're aiming for top four. There are no more excuses. I don't think any example to me illustrates why the Knights just have no more excuses left any more than... An hour before kickoff, we find out that the Parramatta Eels are moving their best player, or best player in form at the moment. Well, maybe question. Their form player. Yeah, it's their form player. Sorry, Dylan Brown, 
You're out into the centres, mate, because we've run out of centres that can play there. So you're going to be out on um, out on the left, facing up to Dane Gagai, rep origin <laughs> yeah, calibre, and we're going to bring my. The coach is saying we're going to bring my son in at five eight, and hope he gets the job done. And Dylan Brown is scoring the first try of the second half to push to help push the Eels out to a twenty to two lead. Now. Um, Sky, I'll get you in on this because I know exactly what I know exactly what Brett will say when I when I say this. But if that had happened to the night, so if we're going into yesterday's game and an hour before kickoff, we say to Clifford, "Wait, we've run out of centres. You're you're going to have to go and play out in the centres for us." Uh, um, uh, Bestie's, you know, Bestie's glass. Um, frame has once again done him a mischief you're going to have to play there and we would and you know we we, we would have put phoenix out there at uh like we would have been beaten before the game even started but the Parramatta yeah. eels come out and they say well, we'll move our form player out in the centers and hope that that works and i'll bring my son in and hopefully that works and they're toweling us up that to me is why you know the excuses just are no longer there for the newcastle knights because other teams can seem to face this adversity that the second we sort of face it we fall into a heap. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing when they get penalised. It's like, I'm in trouble. Now I don't know how to play. And it's like, if one thing goes wrong, everything's going wrong. And they just can't adapt to that. Like, yeah, they just can't adapt to adversity, I think is the word. I don't know if that's the right word. But, yeah, they just... It's, it's one thing I will apologise about to Nathan Brown about. Like I always thought this mental midget stuff was a result of the Brownie accepting losing with the team. But the Brownie as well and truly over, you know, a lot of these guys had nothing to do with Nathan Brown and it's still there for all to see. Mm. It's a club thing. Like it's just in this club culture. And I always hark back to it when Wayne Bennett in 2014 said, this is the greatest winning coach of all time. This is the guy that is the best mean manager to ever be involved in rugby league, said, I do not know which team is getting off the bus today. So this has been in the club for a long time. It's, and I don't know how, I don't know how it changes. Like it just, we've, we've done everything. We've changed every part of the club from ownership through to the water boys, through to the training staff, through to nearly the entire squad, the coach, and nothing has changed. It's, I don't know how you fix that. Scott? Yeah, I don't know how you fix it either, but it's, it's very much similar to 2016 and that era where it just feels like if one thing's not going their way, they're not turning up. They're not it, playing. They're it, feels not, like, it feels like 2015. You know, we had that good yeah. start and the whole thing yeah. just fell apart and no one knew how to fix it. Yeah. yeah. I sort of... <laughs> it's not fun. I mean, I don't, I don't really know where to go for the. Look, the rest of the game played out the way that it did. You know, they just kept piling on tries. I sort of, I mean, at least in the first half, we sort of had some attacking flair. So, but because because Bay Fifty Three is is sort of we're behind the Knights players bench, and we're um so we're sort of closer to the northern end than we are the south. Whenever we're losing at um at half time my go-to line is always that's all right so sorry whenever we're losing at half time we've been running south i always my go-to line in the first in the at half time is always oh that's a good we're at the scoring end um for the second half we, we, and we literally saw no action um 
where where does this team go? We did nothing. We did nothing in the second half. We've got the Melbourne Storm next week. We've got another injury with Brody Jones. Where do we go? Like, what, what do we do? Do we just do we just throw our hands up next week and go try and keep them below fifty? Where do we go from here? No, I think we go. The, I think we go the exact opposite next week. And Aaron O'Brien needs to stop this. We're going to grind out results, bullcrap, and throw throw everything to the wind. Throw the ball around, move them around, and just see what happens. Because we can't grind. We can't grind against good teams. They will just grind us down, and then we'll break, and they'll run over us. And it happened yesterday. Like as soon as Parramatta broken us, they didn't even bother trying to spread the ball. They were running over from dummy half from ten meters out. You know, three times. I, I watched the replay again last night. Three times. They went from the dummy half, one off the ruck, with three or four plays making contact three or four metres from the try line, and they still managed to score. That is not – that's not local league first-grade stuff. It's certainly not NRL first-grade stuff. And if we try to play that game against the Melbourne Storm, they will absolutely run through. Josh King will score two tries. Oh, yeah. Because at, oh, at, at least you run hard, you know, like – it's why Tarek Sims always scores against. Everyone's like, oh, Tarek Sims is good for his one game a year because he runs the ball hard and we don't handle guys that run the ball hard. And he knows that we can't handle That's that. That's right, exactly right. And he, he knows that if I just keep running hard at these blokes, eventually someone's going to miss a tackle and I'm going to score at least one and probably two. We have to we have to move Melbourne around next week. We just have to. And, yeah, he might mean that we get beat by 60, but we're going to get beat by 40 anyway if we just try and grind it out. I was bored yesterday. I was bored yesterday. Legit bored. So that's actually a really interesting. That is a really interesting point that you raise. I um I get too critical criticised by my my cousin. He can get stuffed that I actually miss too much <laughs> of the game because I, I spend a lot of it on my phone, which is true. Um, with about twenty minutes to go, yes, I just because because my because so my cousin always drives up from from Sydney. And I sort of feel obliged to stay. Oh, no, 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 sorry, not obliged. I sort of, uh, but you know, he's made this effort to come to the game. He wants to watch all of the games, so I know we're staying there till the end. With twenty minutes to go, yes, I just didn't care. I just jumped on my phone. I was like, well, let's see what everyone's saying about the game. I just, I just couldn't be bothered watching anymore. In fact, um, I think with about five minutes to go, um, and I don't even know what happened. So we got dragged over the sideline. And I think there was a captain's challenge by the Eels. And they were just dragging out the inevitable, trying to figure out what was going on. And I screamed at the players and the ref, nobody cares. Just get on with it already. We want to leave. Stop making this go. Please end our pain. Um, so, yeah, it's really re- ever. Yeah. So do, you, so- do you sit on the Joey side, Sky? I sit on the dry hill. So, oh, you, oh, you stay on the hill? Okay, righto. Yeah, like yeah. underneath the where the lights are. I'm just on there. Yeah, so. okay. So so what was the vibe around you? Was everyone the same, just not not interested? Yeah, pretty much. Everyone was just chatting. Yeah, I was on my same, phone. Same I think I was in there on the group chat, and I was just, yeah, everyone around was just chatting more than watching the game. I, I don't leave early, you know. Like, I might get up one or two minutes early, like, you know, if it's the game's over, I'll get the kids organised or whatever. But I never leave early, you know, legitimately early. I left for 13 to go yesterday for two reasons. I, I was sick of watching the rubbish and I was just bored. I was just absolutely yeah, was bored. Because we went, because Parramatta weren't in playing exciting football. As I said, they were running over from one off the ruck or WR. There was no good football to be watched. Parramatta destroyed us on Old Boys Day last year, but it was a good game to watch because Parramatta will play some really, really nice football. 
they, they didn't have to do that yesterday because they had a lot of injuries in their outside backs. So they played to their strength up the middle. And it was legitimate boring. Like, Mike, you know, the kids are kids. You know, the, the football never holds their attention. But I'd say they zoned out after about five minutes yesterday. Um, one thing I did actually want to sort of mention, and I'm going to backtrack to it to the end of the first half because um, I, I just want to make sure that this sort of got to mention is that we've spent a lot of the past couple of weeks talking about what a dumb footy team we are. And we are. We are dumb. We are unintelligent. We're on, but there's a difference between unintelligent and just playing sort of basic football to go into the fact where you're actively dumb. So towards the end of the first half, Mitchell Moses did something to his leg. He was fine in the end. He wasn't injured. But he he was clearly sort of, I think, um, Eels dropped the ball. We had a scrum feed. Um, Mitchell Moses got up clutching at his groin. So he obviously wasn't right. Now, he was defending on the right side of the scrum. And I could see Kalen lining up. And I think I even said to my cousin, we are so dumb. You watch us pass this ball to our right. And we're going to fuck this up. And yeah, lo and behold, to end the first half, Kalen was lining up Mitchell Moses. We've passed off to the right. And I think Inari Tuala or whoever our winger was on that side got dragged out into touch. And that was the end of the half. And I was like, nothing to me this year illustrates anymore what a dumb football team we are than that player right there. Because give the ball to your best player and run at the one guy in their defensive line who looks like he might not be right. And we're not even smart enough to do that. It's it's got to the point now where you you actually wonder whether they because they, they do you know they they're professional footballers they spend half their week watching tape. You wonder whether they actually pay attention when they watch the tape. Yeah. You know when they when they, you know and they get their little cut ups they take home with them doing you know to watch at home and, and I'm sure the club checked to make sure they've all been you know watched and whatnot. But you wonder how. Eyes up football is the dumbest foot term in rugby league. But we have no no ability at all to play the game as it's happening. You know, we have a game plan in our head, and it's generally that grinded out rubbish, and that's all we can do. And I just I I wonder how that could ever change because it just doesn't ever seem to change. Sky? Yeah. They just don't adapt to anything in front of them. And even it doesn't seem like anyone's running. Like the spine, Jake. Clint, yeah, the Jake, Jake was running. Like Chris in, Randall. In, in, in the trials, Jake was Jake scored twice going himself. He, yeah. he, he scored. He was unstoppable in the round one, and he just stopped running. Where's that gone? It's his number one yeah. strength. He's, he's not. He's, he's not a bad ball player, but he's not purely a ball player. His strength is running and kicking. That's why we got Clune because Clune was to organise and pass. Jake was to run and kick. Well, Jake doesn't run all – his kicking's been mediocre at best this season, and his running game was just completely dissolved. Even his kick chase. The one thing Jake could always do great was the kick chase, and even that's yeah. gone to shit. Yeah, that's gone completely. That's what I was watching yesterday. I was like, it's just nothing like how they were playing before. Where's all that team their... that smashed Tedesco so Gagai could score in that you know in that first game? Yeah. Where's that team that they charged down the field to smash the best fullback in the game? so that we could set up an opportunity to score. Where's that team just gone? It's unbelievable. Look, I, I've, had a, I've had a couple of people message me about the game since. A couple of people inside, uh, sorry, a couple of people, you know, big Knights fans, obviously. A couple of people outside of Knights fan 
There's been a fairly consistent theme, or at least there's been one that's gotten a mention a few times. Why is the Mitchell Barnett send-off the sliding doors moment in our season? Like, we are not the first team in the history of rugby league to have a player sent off, and yet, and again, it goes back to that, that, mental, that mental toughness, but why of all things is... There are so many people who pinpoint that moment in terms of, well, maybe that's not the cause of it, but we've just been a complete, like, we we have not been able to get our act together since, or, you know, after that send-off. Yes, I know we put on three tries against the Panthers, but that was a team playing on just emotion and adrenaline, and you do what you can. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if the, half of them knew, like, well, this game is over now. Let's just do the best we can. Why is the Mitchell Barnett send-off seeming to come more and more into the conversation as to why our season started to unravel. I'll, I'll just say one thing. Well, yes, yeah, so I'll just say one one quick thing. It's actually a really interesting take on the mental capacity of the football team in ter- in terms of the moment there's one excuse, they're they're done. But now they've got a legitimate excuse. We've got injuries. Barnett's, you know, one of our better forwards is, you know, is is unavailable. Um, he, you know, he's a bit of a forward leader in terms of line speed and that sort of stuff. We've we've actually got an excuse now. And and they take that excuse. Yeah. Yes. Scott. I was just thinking they did something. Obviously, he would have got. They said that they were addressing him outside of the media, and I was just wondering if something's happened because I know a lot of the players are close to Barnett whether something happened behind the scenes and they're just like nothing done because is, it's just all do you think it might be the moment. Moment. You, think, you, think, you, think, you think the, the club being happy to let him go is a thing yeah. not that I, that's I new you know that that was rumored last year so that's not new yeah but do you think on top of do you think that's after him being sent off and then the club then essentially releasing him that's you know left a bit of taste I think that's where I was. I actually think that's where I was sort of leaning with the with yeah. the question. You know, and, and, and that, that goes hand in hand with the the club, the team were off um, Mitchell Peace last year after the uh, texting incident. You know, they already made excuse. We're off Mitch. Mitch annoys us. Um, you know, this is why we're not we're not harmonious. Blah blah blah. They didn't have an excuse this year. Oh look, after round three, another another really easy excuse pops up. The club is you know our, our mate Mitch Barnett. The club has done the dirty. We feel there's another excuse. It's I am so sick to the back of teeth of the excuses. It just it's unbelievable. If my if my kick him up with half that many excuses, you know I would be blowing up at him. These are grown men. <laughs> Brett, it, it's funny that you should sort of mention um, uh, the the you know the the this idea of the excuses and um, you know we can clock off now. So two players that I do want to draw a lot more attention to are our um, Fijian enforcers, the Saifidi twins. Uh, they haven't just dropped off a cliff; they've plummeted through the um, ocean in you know through the rock bottom floor. They have just um, been ap- utterly dreadful uh, over the past uh, couple of weeks. And um, and I guess just to highlight that is you know i could throw a stone at any of the um uh, any of the Parramatta forwards from yesterday's game and the saifidi twins combined their output would struggle to be better than one of uh, any individual uh, eels forward yesterday what what's going on with jacob and daniel 
Um, I don't know. Daniel, I hope it's his knees worse than um, set. I I, yeah. I I really hope that it's just Daniel's knee, but it's a it's a worry, man. Like he's been. I I I, th- I think. I think this is his, I think this is the worst he's ever played, and that's including when he was a baby playing against men. You know, he's just getting bullied in the middle of the field. Um, Jacob, I don't know. Jacob, Jacob's Jacob's a, a bit of a mystery, isn't he? He um he, he was when they first came into first grade as babies. Jacob was the one with the bigger reputation. He was the one that everyone thought was going to be the the man. Oh and really? It, yeah, J- Jacob. Yeah, Jacob. That first game against the Titans in twenty sixteen, Jacob started. Daniel was on the bench. Yeah, and Jacob was a, an edge player then because you know he's a bit more mobile at that time. But Jacob was the one with the reputation. Daniel was, you know, was not the one A one B essentially. Um, but then obviously Daniel's gone miles ahead, blah blah blah. And then Jacob you know, had the off field sort of stuff. There was the attitude was questioned a lot, but Daniel was always Daniel does it right. Daniel has always done it right. And then Jacob got his act together last year, you know, after all the all the stuff off the field, he, mm. you know, he's, he's in a steady relationship, you know, he, he, he got his act together. Uh, Brian had put the faith in him and said, mate, we think you can be an origin player just like your brother. You've got your got, got every bit of ability he's got. Um, and then Daniel, and then obviously Jacob put it together and, and become the nearest medalist. Has the desire gone? Because that's the only thing you put it down to. Does he think he's achieved what he wanted to achieve? Mm. You know, he's got his, I would say he's got a massive contract, but he's got a, a contract that two years ago he was definitely not looking ever getting anywhere near the sort of money he's making at the moment. Um, is he satisfied with just being a Knights player now and being a Badiris medalist? Um, I don't know. He's, I don't know. And and um, and Adley keeps giving him a shot. He keeps promoting him in the starting team and he keeps not backing his coach up. Sky, what are your, what's your take on where the Sofidi twins are at? I forgot they had actually signed those contracts. I forgot all about that. Um, They're definitely playing themselves out of an Origin jersey. Oh, Daniel can't get picked for Origin. He just can't. No. Because those Paramount guys are all, you know, RCG, Paulo. Well, after yesterday, if 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 Daniel gets picked ahead of one of those, I'd be having an inquiry because they, they, (laughs) you know, they absolutely cut his lunch for him. So you throw that in with paying ass, these are three New Survivors props, you know, like it's, Daniel can't get picked. No, I don't think he will get picked. But they they play better when the other twin is playing better. And at the moment, they're not hyping each other up to go better. They're just going, okay, we'll both be bad. Not this is, one yeah. thing. And this is such a new – and, again, this goes back to culture because that's such a Newcastle thing. It goes back to what Andrew John said about the team. The team feeds off the town and the town feeds off the team. It's this codependence where we're always looking around for someone else to give us yeah. the reason to have the energy. We, we don't have that maturity either as a fan base, as a club, as players, or as an administration to go, I'm going to take this on myself just to want to be better. We're, we're is, all, we're which always is what looking, Joey did. Yeah, that's what Joey did. Joey, Joey took it upon himself to make the club better. Yeah, and 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 and, and for a while, then Mullo did it. When you know, when Pete, when Mullo was at his peak, he did it too. He dragged the club forward, and then you know, and then the Wayne Bennett recruited. As much as we sort of all mock the old castle thing, Wayne actually recruited guys like Jeremy Smith and all that. That at that time, you know, were, were capable of dragging the team with them, you know, through effort. But who in this team would you claim? You know, Frizz, Frizz. Barney at times, 
but Barney, but to me, Barney, like Barney's a great effort player, but he's also dumb. To, you know, he hurts the team with his, you know, with his emotion. He's a very emotional footballer. Well. I should have said dumb. He's emotional. Yeah. You know, whether it's, <laughs> whether it's give away a stupid penalty or start a fight that's unnecessary or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just we just don't have guys that can drag the team forward, and the club don't have the ability to do it themselves. Another player that I want to draw everyone's attention to, or at least I want to get everyone's take on, is um, Chris the Chad Randall, who again hit the season, um, hit the ground running when the season began. You know, we thought, great, we've got at least um, NRL standard back up until Jaden Braley comes back, and he has gone right off the boil over these last three weeks. He was, um, you know, ineffectual against Manly. He was. Terrible against um, the Dragons. Uh, he was such a liability against the Eels that um, he got hooked. Uh, adds he had to hook him. Yeah. So, does uh, I mean does Randall make the t- team list uh, tomorrow? Sky is he going to be r- running out against um, Melbourne? Who would you put in his place though? Kurt Mann. Kurt Mann's the best Kurt hooker Mann? we have available. There's no, Fing- there's no, there's no doubt. Kurt Mann is the one hundred percent best hooker we have available. So why is that still at thirteen? Uh, Simi Sasagi at thirteen. Simi, Simi, Simi at fourteen. Simi at fourteen. Phoenix yeah. for me. Phoenix for me out the door. So that was going to be my yeah. next question. Um, does Phoenix get another run? Because he finished the game. I think. Yeah, he finished the game at hooker for us uh, in the second half, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. I want to. I want to say now, like the Chad is exactly what happens to the hookers in the NRL when they're not used to playing all the time. Like you look at those two, the Tigers have got Simpkins and Little, who are both so talented, but for three years now, Tigers fans are into them because they're not consistent. Because being consistent, Damian Cook, how many times did Damian Cook bounce between clubs, be a bench player, never quite got it right? Because playing every week at hooker in the NRL is as tough as any job in sport. It is so tough to do, and yeah. the Chads never had to do it. You know, and, he's, yeah. and, he, can, and he did it for two or three weeks, and that, I mean, that was great. But it's caught up with him. He needs a rest. Like he hundred percent needs a rest. Um, this is why hookers so valuable. This is why hookers. You think you know, in the modern game, it's not what it used to be, but they're so valuable because they're so rare to get a guy that can play seventy to eighty minutes every week, week after week after week, and not have these spurts where for four or five weeks they're just so tired they can't compete. Um, He's got a rest. Kurt Mann's the best hooker we've got. He offers something out of dummy half. He can do all the basics. Um, he's he's a bigger, you know, he's big, but he's still bigger than the Chad. Um, yeah, I'd be I'd be playing him at nine. I'd be playing. I'd be starting Sawaso at thirteen. You know, and I'd be uh, yeah. Phoenix will play fourteen, but I'd, I'd be starting Simi there. But I think Simi will be on the bench anyway. Sky, thoughts on next yeah. week's team? I think Phoenix gone because. Every time I know you don't have to agree with Bredo, just quietly. No, no. (laughs) Bredo shouldn't have gone first. You don't have to agree with him. You can say, fuck you, Bredo. Phoenix is getting a run. (laughs) I've been thinking that for so long, though, that I'm like, why are you in this team? Because you know, Paul Phoenix is, is, he doesn't know what position he's going to play. Yeah. In his head, I'm sure he's still a halfback. Yeah, I think that's what he does. He comes on and stunts the attack a little bit where he wants to not be the hero but kind of be the hero and he wants to take over. And I think he puts his voice over Jake and just demands it. And it doesn't always work and it just seems to 
yeah, definitely stunt the team a little bit. So I just – and every time I notice him, he's just getting penalised or he's got that simbin. And so I oh. would give him a, a week off. He was, he was a ball-dominant halfback. So, he, so he, his whole entire life he's been a ball-dominant halfback. And, and you can't just change that overnight. So he comes on the field and he naturally goes to, oh, I'll run the show. Because yep. that's what he's always done. And I don't I don't begrudge him for that. Like, to me, you can't have him and Adam Clute in the same team because they both want to do the same job. Yeah. And as much as Phoenix is told, I oh, know you're you're a backup nine or you're, you're going to pay some 13, he still comes on the field and his natural reaction is still, I'm a ball-dominant halfback. Um, you can't – in an NRL team, you cannot have guys the size of Simi, Phoenix, Kurtman, the Chad, all in the same team. That's four guys under ninety-five kilos. Well, you can't you can't have a num- the number of players that size and want to play the way that we seem to be. No, that's right. You can't do that in the grind. Yeah. It's right. Yeah. If you, you you want to play open, throw the ball everywhere, football, maybe yeah. But you can't do that. And be a grinding team. Uh, Anthony Milford. If- Anthony Milford's not going to be a grinder. No, that's right. <laughs> but what happens if you try and grind with those guys around the ruck? Isaiah Papali gets the ball ten meters out, and runs over him, and and makes them look like fools. Mm. You know that's what happens. So Sky Phoenix, Phoenix is out next week. Um, yep. Take take me through the take us through the rest of your team. Who so who else has dropped? Who's coming in? Who's going where? Who's available? That's yeah. The other who, who, thing. who who do we think is going to play in the back big. row? Who do we think is going to play in the back row? Like we've literally got no one to play with fruits. Do we? Have, do you have any any clues, Sky? Did did anyone catch your eye in reserve grade yesterday? No, they were they were just as bad. They were pretty ordinary, <laughs> were they? That's exactly what I, they, I only seen the second half of what I seen. They went much better. Yeah, no, they they were pretty awful from what I'd seen. They were playing pretty much the exact same way as what first grade were. Yeah, uh, does Jack Johns get a run? Doing. Does Jack Johns get a run next week? Is he back? Or is oh, he still he's, I think he's fit, isn't he? He's, how long was he supposed to recover from his shoulder surgery? I think on the recovery report this week, they said he'd be available for selection this week. But surely you can't, his first game of the year, you can't be starting on the edge in first grade. Yeah. Uh, Croaks is still, you're a big fan of Matt Croak. Can I ask you something, Scott? I'm a big fan. I've got to to ask you this. I have to ask you this. Is your love of the Croaks born out of his, and there's no wrong answer here, is it born (laughs) out of his ability as as a footballer or is it born out of his just, uh, a brilliant sort of connection with KP on the two collective two five seven collective podcast. So it's actually um, we used to go watch. We go every game, and we watched the game beforehand, obviously. And we seen it, me and my mum. We noticed him playing, and we're like, "This kid's a beast!" Like he's he's always really been good, good, hasn't he? He's, he's always yeah. been good in the lower grades. And. This is this is going to sound a little bit weird, but he would always come over and see his family at the end of the game, and you could just tell he was shattered when they lost, and he still, and he was just so excited when they won. And I was like, he's good, like he's a good team player. That's how you want your players to be at the end of the game. You want them obviously upset and like they care about the game. And yeah, I just watched him. That way, and then when obviously he joined two five seven, I was like, "Mum, that's the kid that we've been watching for ages." <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, there you go." 
and that yeah that's what it was we we're just watching him and we we're just like he's a beast and then yeah so smart but like get, get it with kp kind of like so smart like it's smart it's very just, smart it's just, <laughs> but, but get back to Craig's like he's on field stuff like as what i've said previously on the pod he's james graham he's your workhorse in the middle that would die by the result he will you know and he's i've seen you i said him in low i think it might have been fleg and he physically worked so hard that he, he cramped up to the point where they'd get in the pickle juice and then he threw all that back up and then went and played another 20 minutes. You know, like he, that guy will die for the yeah. result. Like it's, it's, I, I've, I've no doubt that at some stage in the next two or three years, he'll be an 80 minute prop forward. Yeah. 100%. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know what to say about this team anymore. I, I got a bit distracted because I actually was, I was looking. So we played seven games now. We've played seven games. Um, we've only won two of them. But I'm just looking. So Panthers, Eels, Sharks, Roosters, Manly. So five out of our seven games. Nagy Nagwell from um, formerly of the Joust message. He says, look, if you're looking for any positives, one of the positives is that most of the teams that we've played thus far this season are currently top eight teams. Um, the other two are obviously the Tigers and the, and the Dragons. Yeah. So five out of the teams. But, I mean, it doesn't make any difference. We're, we're just sort of... Um, our, loss, our losses and our wins this season have been off the back of the way we've played. Yeah. Like, like, at, the start, at the start of the issue, remember we were talking about Braille's down, you know, we might be three and ten when he comes back. Is the season dead? Because, yeah. of, because of the, the draw we had, that was always a possibility. Yeah. And, I was, and I was of the opinion, look, this is not quite dead because you've played with the good teams and our draw's soft. But And if we if we were two and five and, you know, we'd had the first three games that they went, you know, mainly just – if Turbo had played a mainly – had beaten us, but we played okay. No biggie. Cronulla have turned out, you know, to lose to them at home is no no big deal. You know, they're they're a very good team. The Dragons game, okay, we only just lost it. We didn't play well. Bingo, you know, the effort was there. You know, you can't question the effort. To me, the Manly game, and then you have the Manly game at home, and you have yesterday at home. That to me is the worry. That we're in such a tailspin that it's getting worse. You know, even Brails can't fix what it's become. Um. I'm reluctant to bring this up. We came into this season with huge question marks around our attack. Uh, Joey Johns was brought in. He was going to be the, the man to fix it. Seven rounds in, and we have the third worst attack in the league. What's going on? I'll open that. I don't care who answers that question. I just want an answer. <laughs> I need an answer. Someone please give I me an answer. An answer you know the answer is? You know the answer is? We don't, we don't, we don't have a halfback. Fox are right. At the moment, we've got the worst halves in the competition. Yes. At the that moment, is the answer. We, that, yeah. that is. And, you know, and, and the forwards too, like, as I said previously, we've got no punch at all, which is all, which is definitely an issue. But our attack is so bad because our halves have been bog ordinary. Kloon has pro- proved that he's just a feeling, you know, he's, he's a guy. I think that, he's playing injured. No, oh, I, he I, absolutely, I, absolutely. Absolutely. But he's, but he's, he hasn't got enough. Enough about him to be a, to be an NRL halfback to lead your team. He can fill in. He can play four or five weeks if your halfback gets injured and you won't miss a beat because he'll do all the little things right. And he did that at the Dragons. Ben Hunt missed some games and he won them some games because you know the Dragons were playing okay at the time and he just did what he had to do. But he can't be your first choice halfback. He just can't. He's not. He's, he hasn't got the ability because Clifford to me is not ball dominant enough to lead the no. team around. 
Cliff, Cliff needs to run and kick and just play his role because Sims has been lumped on him. And I think after the um, after the first couple of weeks, he started to feel the pressure of being the ball dominant half. And um, and we you know when Kalen got injured in that part, I think his confidence got sapped a bit, and he just he's gone back to the Cowboys, Clifford, where he just doesn't get involved enough. We and as I've said many times, you know, we've got over a million bucks of salary cap space. There's two Origin players that we could have in our team that we just that money's being wasted because of the the way the Pierce thing fell out. We we don't have we don't have the players that can make up for those sort of holes in a team. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. Guys, we've been going for we've been talking about the game unbelievably for an hour uh, for a while. <laughs> and I could I actually could uh, continue on, but I do want to get up to a couple of other things. I think the thing that I want to talk about, though, just very quickly to sort of wrap this up, is I think the hardest thing about the way we've played the last few weeks is that this team had convi- it finally convinced people outside of Newcastle. It was that, all over Twitter. Yeah. Everywhere. So that that Panthers game, people had said you know, we were wrong about the Knights. They had said, "Yeah, okay, we we get it. We see what this team can do. Yeah, they're 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 a good team, and it's almost like the team decided, oh, we've made it. We can switch off now because we just have not been able to back it up since. And look, and that's I'm, not beyond the that's not beyond the realms. Actually, the Clint team did read the press and go, oh, yeah, you know, we're we're good now. Yeah, and the the only other thing, last thing I do want to say as well is that again on this thing of no excuses, you know, I used the the, the Parramatta example at the adversity they faced against us yesterday. Man, the Sharks got had to go down to Melbourne on Saturday night in the previous round, play a, a phenomenal, huge game down there. They got tailed up by Melbourne. They had a five-day turnaround to go back home to play on a Thursday night, and they put on one of the greatest first halves you've seen in the history of the NRL. And even we were like, oh, well, we played a man down against Panthers and we lost and that was hard and we only had six days and that's why we weren't able to back it up against the Sharks. Not fuck that. Like, teams are continuously showing to us how you respond in the face of, you know, a loss or how you, fa- you know, respond in limited preparation and yet we've said, no, this is a season of no excuses, but we're still reaching for the excuses every time we don't aim up. So I, I think that's been the most disappointing thing for me over the last month is that we've, the team had finally gotten people on board with the fact that this is a team to be respected and they've essentially spat in everybody's faces. It's been yeah, it's been really disheartening stuff. Yeah, the, um, the, you, know, you know, you know, the interesting thing about that is we had that four-day turnaround. I remember last year with the way it fell in the yes, um, yeah, you know, and and going into that going into that game, the, they made the club made no excuses. Yeah, you know, it's COVID. It's the way it's fallen. It hasn't worked out for us, and we came out and ground out a win. Um, and then we straight back into the new year. We've fallen back into the old habits. You know what's really interesting is going into that Cronulla game. Cronulla were, everyone was unsure on Cronulla because they'd, they'd lost to Canberra in the first week and, you know, they'd been a bit scratchy here and there. And we were we were the hot team. And the sliding doors of that, 
they've gone on to now most people consider them to be at the very least a top six team, but maybe a top four team. And we've gone where we've gone. Purely on what purely on one performance. Yeah. Sky? Yeah. I can't even I I don't even know. I'm just <laughs> they just leave me speechless because I'm just like like you said, everyone was on board. And then you'd have people saying, No, I was wrong, I was wrong. And then yeah, it's like who was that team? Like what I just don't see how we went from round one, two, three to where we are now, where it could be a wooden spoon season. It's just it feels like that at the moment because it's like watching them, it doesn't look like they want to score points. They don't want to run. They don't want to do anything. And it's like just, it's yeah. got to the point where we're, where we're legitimately in a spoon bowl in round 10, the way things are looking, in round 10, after being 2-0, and you know, top, top, team, of the the table. top team in the competition. That, are, you know, going, are you going we, to Magic Round, Sky? No, I, I'm not going. I'd oh, love to go. I'm thinking maybe have, next year. You have to go one. We're going to set up a yeah. little Bay 53 tent uh, up, at oh, the, nice. up at Suncor Stadium. Guys, let's um, let's jump into some questions. We are we are we're not running out of time, but people are probably switching off by this stage. So, <laughs> to the does to the half a dozen people who did actually put in questions, they're probably still listening. They want to hear their name read, so we'll, we'll get to that. Um, I'm going to jump onto Instagram first. Uh, Bretto, I know your opinion on this question, so I'm actually going to ask Sky this. This is from Matt Clark 88 on Instagram. This question makes me sad because I do like the Chad, but is Simi to nine an option? Ooh. Uh, does Simi play nine? I've never seen Does him. it matter anymore? <laughs> I mean, no, not really at all. But, I mean, why not give it a crack? Maybe he'll just find his spot like Talakai. He was in the centre. As, as I said, as I said, the, the 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 option the options Phoenix to nine and Simi to thirteen. Uh, sorry, Kurt Kurtman to nine, to nine and Phoenix to, and um Simi to thirteen. That that's the option. Purely, yeah. I think Simi could play at nine, but he's never trained there. He's never, you know, he's he's never tried to play nine. But yeah, the, it's definitely Kurtman to nine, Simi to thirteen. Brado, I'll give you this one. This is from uh, Karabko, again on Instagram. As Ben Darwin suggested, do you think the Knights need to stop the churn behind the scenes for a while? if they are to stop the rot. So we'll, we'll try to put a cap on this because this is a very big question. And this has actually been going on in a lot of chat groups that I've been involved in, in terms of culture, rebuild, you know, where the team goes, what you need to do to make them win. But it, specifically in this question itself, are we sort of at a point now, given the last 10 years of what this club's been through, is it really time to just say, no, this, this is what you've got. Make this work as best you can for as long as you can, and just just stop the turnover. Use what you've got, and let's see what happens. One hundred percent. The club have given the coach everything he wanted. They've given him all the backroom staff he wanted. They've spent all the money. They've got the best staff in the competition. They've got the people that taught Penrith to be as good as Penrith are. You know, Hayden Knowles and all that. Penrith. The way the reason why Penrith are the swarming team they are is because of Hayden Knowles' training techniques. Everything has been put in place for this team to be successful. Wester put the money in. I have no doubt at all Adam O'Brien works as hard as any coach in the NRL in terms of doing his homework off the field. In fact, I've, I've heard his wife interviewed and say he never sleeps because all he does is want to watch tape, you know, and goes out in the lounge in the middle of the night and watches tape. Um, and he can coach. I, I have no doubt at all he can coach. 
he, they've got people in to take some responsibilities off him, like Joey's coming with the attack, and they've got other guys helping with the defence. They've got um, proper guys coaching individual positions. Everything is how it should be. It's time for the players to man up. As then that's why we had we had the whole idea of this season was the season no excuses because it, literally there was no excuses because everything was put in place and yeah I think Phil Gardner needs to needs to look them all in the eye and say this is it guys twenty five thousand people come to watch you guys perform I've given you everything you need get out there and perform or some guys are going to start you know spending some time playing at Cessna Sports Ground <laughs> Sky have you got any thoughts think, on that Yeah I think the same. They just need to get it done. Like, what what other things can you bring in and how can you change it to make it better? You've got everything there. You've got the centre of excellence. You've got, yeah, Joey. Everything is there for them to be good and they just don't want to do it. Yeah. The, one, the one thing we have been unlucky in is that for the first time in a long time, we've got a we've got the best salary cap position in the competition, and not one good player's come out of the market. Yeah. You know, all, every off season, every early season, you always get a player, whether it's because he's leaving at the end of the year and wants, um, you know, a short one year deal because he doesn't want to stay at his current club because they don't want him anymore. Or TPJ at the Panthers. Yeah, TPJ, that sort of thing. You know, um, when Jennings went to Parramatta, you know, from the Roosters, the Roosters yeah. had enough of him in the off season, and Parramatta had the money, so they launched it and got him. All those things happen every year. And now that we've got money that we can match anybody, we can beat anybody. No one's coming out of the market, and and the off the market, and sorry, and the players coming off the market next year are, are worse. There's nothing you look at and go, well, you know, that's a guy you should go hard on. There's, it's it's really because of when COVID happened, clubs sort of um, locked down their all their stars um, because of the salary cap situation. We've just we've just timed the poorly again. Just typical nights. <laughs> um. Question here, uh, and again, I'll throw this back to you, um, Sky, although we've probably answered it already, but um, I'll see if you can remember what your take was. Uh, Amfro1, <laughs> so yeah, on, on Instagram, forgetting all injuries, do you think Simi is actually now ready to take over as our 14? And he said, I'm just trying to stay positive. He thinks Simi was good. So is, is Simi physically ready to take that um, that utility role? I think he could. I think he could come on and do the job and get it done. I think he's ready for it. I just, yeah, I just feel like other people need to take a break. And if we've got the, got him there and we've got someone else that can take his role on the bench, why not? Yeah. Breda? Yeah. I, Simi has to be in the team somewhere. Yeah. He's, you know, he's untapped talent. He's what the team doesn't have, which is X Factor. You know, we all sort of hoped Jaira was going to be that too, and Jaira's had a slow start to the year, and then he obviously got injured. Um, Simi just needs to play. He just needs to play some football. He's he, even yesterday he was in the best three or four plays in that team by a mile. Um, no, Simi has to play. I'd be I'd be playing him at fourteen. I'd be playing Suaso Su as the backup uh, lock. Um, yeah, no, I um. I think Simi just has to play every week. And that, and I'm not saying necessarily be 14 in first grade every week. Do what he's been doing. Go back every couple of weeks and play 80 minutes in reserve grade at lock just to keep that fitness and get used to, you know, playing that spot. So knowing that that'll be his role in the future. So you're developing him that. You know, you know you're not just sort of having him playing utility where, you know, where he might play 15 minutes in the centres and 20 minutes, you know, at lock. And you might end up at hooker because the hooker's got injured. 
But yeah, he's got to be in the team somewhere most weeks. Can I say something? I just want to go off topic very quickly. You know, people always laugh at me when I say there's nothing a losing team needs better than to come up against the Knights to really kick that start their season. Uh, Dragons, 14-12 winners over the Roosters. Yeah. In the Anzac yeah. Clash. Yeah, so uh, when, they, when, they, um, when they get to the grand final, they can thank us for being the platform <laughs> for their season. Guys, we'll, we'll jump over to um, Twitter. Uh, Hendo at Novakastrian07 wants to know why are we shit and he also wants to know does the logo facing forward mean that we have literally turned our back on the past and what we used to represent certainly seems that way there's a lot going on uh, there with uh, Hendo <laughs> I'll open that up to the floor <laughs> that, yeah that was an awful. Um, <laughs> well didn't we flip it forward and then we made the finals series in a row yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely, we did. But I mean, I, I get, I, I do kind of get his point of the idea that we have turned our back on the past a little bit. That that was, I think, that was happening at the club. But you can't say that now. Like Simo's back, Joey's back, yeah. Bedsy's running the body joint. So you, know, you, you, you certainly can't say that we've turned. You know, Chiefs every five minutes. You can't say we've turned. You know, turned the back on the past. And I, I don't think we'll answer the question why are we shit because that will be a ten-part um, series <laughs> on um, ESPN later this and no year. No one knows. No one knows. And they still won't have the answer. Yeah. No. <laughs> no one knows. Harvey at Harvey G, uh, who is one of the illustrious members of the very exclusive Looney Clunes chat, wants to know: Do you think the Knights would benefit from working on some attacking plays, or perhaps putting in some work in the weight room? And I think it's a valid <laughs> enough question, given the fact that we have spoken about we want to play a grinding method with the smallest team going around, and our attack is shit. So, look, I love Joey. I love him. I won't hear a bad word said about him, so I'm certainly not about to start saying bad words about him. I will ask, though, I'm curious what he's teaching our boys when it comes to our attacking plays because they're either not listening or they don't understand what he's telling them. Yeah. Because the attack looks non-existent out there. So I don't – yeah, maybe it's too hard and they're like, I don't know how to put this into motion in just – in a game. And maybe it works at training when everyone knows what's going on, but – yeah, it's it's not translating onto the field at all. At the risk of sounding arrogant, it's really simple why none of that's working. Because Joey, and Joey's always talked about the way we attack in terms of we've got a dominant forward pack. So that's how our attacking structure has been built. Our attacking structure has been built of two Safidis, Clemmer, putting punching holes in the middle of the rock and then playing off the back of it. And Joey's role was to come in and teach the guys how to get Kalen space and then vice versa, how to get Bradman space. So none of that happens because we get slaughtered in the middle. Mm. It's that simple. Yeah. You, you know, and you and as I said before, you know, the Kurt man drifting sideways and all that sort of stuff is an issue. But that all happens because no one's going forward. If, if guys are rolling forward, Kurt man wouldn't need to be drifting across field because he would just be naturally rolling on the back of it, which he does really well, which he did really well in the first two weeks. So that's the issue. The attack has been built around a dominant forward pack, and that forward pack is absolute pussycats at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. I think when it comes to our attack, we need our forwards to perform. And the last two weeks, they have not done that. Like one of the criticisms we had of the team last year was that we said our backs, are, our forwards are doing all the work and our backs are letting us down. Well, now it's the opposite. Our backs are finally stepping up. Again, like we didn't have across the board 100 metres plus 
um, running meters, as, which is a big thing for we me. Had no, we had no ball. We had no ball yesterday. Correct. Yeah, we had zero ball. Um, guys, I want to jump now to Dakota Bobbrook at Dakota Bobbrook. Um, what's and I think this is a good question. What I think all of our questions have been good. What changed with Cliffo from weeks one and two through to now? And is Crossland actually first grade quality? So I think we've we've covered the Crossland piece. But yeah, yeah, what's happened with what's happened with um, Cliffo? Where's he gone? What's what's happening in the in the head of Jake Clifford, our our breakaway Robbie M leader, to the shadow of that player that he is at the moment? I'd love to know what's going on there, because I was listening to an interview with him, and he said he saved that article that said that they're the worst halves pairing, and it pissed him off, so he wanted to obviously prove everyone wrong but at the moment he's proving them right so I don't know maybe he needs to reread that or maybe he's <laughs> read it too much and he's just psyched himself out but yeah he well, he was leading the Dally M's too and I just it's just all gone downhill for him but not going to the Cowboys was he's not a natural leader and that's proven now you know he's he's very good at what he does but he's not he can't be your primary half in terms of running the team. So is that is that something? I mean, one of the criticisms about Anthony Milford at the Broncos was that he wasn't a leader as well. But can he be the leader that a leader that Clifford needs to sort he's, of? He's better than we have. Anthony Milford. The knock on Anthony Milford was he wasn't a leader that could lead a team to a premiership. We don't mm. need the leaders to a premiership. We just need to lead the team around the park to start putting consistent performances on the field. Yeah. Guys, last question here is from one of our fellow Robbie M judges. There's a there's a bit going on here, but I do want to read it all out. I think this is a really well written uh, comment. He said, "I'm struggling to find so uh, Meek at M Meek 1987." He said, "I'm struggling to find any positives out of yesterday's game, but could one be that by hitting rock bottom, big loss at home, all down to effort, we've nowhere to go but up?" likely after the Melbourne game. He said, <laughs> Clifford looked ginger after every kick yesterday, despite having two tick kicks that were so close to a big 40-20s. And that is a very good point. Like, so many things, when when things aren't going your way, those small things don't go your way either. Like, those two 40-20s could have been game changers. Um, I'll continue on. That plus Clune's knee not being right mean we've got two injured halves. So how big a part of our slide can be attributed to this? And finally, so, you know, there's a whole bunch of questions here. Jacob has to be knocking on the door. Sorry, Jacob was, sorry, there it is, to be knocking at the door of origin selection this year, but the Twins will surely both get brushed. Pong is no certainty for Queensland either. Could that be the shake-up the team needs attitude-wise? So there's a lot going on there. Have we, uh, first one, have we hit rock bottom? No. That'll be next week. No. It'll be magic. It'll be magic round when the dog's tail is up. <laughs> oh no! I'm 100% serious. I'm 100% serious. We know how this game plays out. We know how this plays yeah. out. This team just spirals and spirals. So um, the second part, then, like we, we talked about our misfiring attack, you know, but uh, Clifford's down on confidence. Clune's playing injured. How big of an issue is that um, in terms of the way this team is playing? You know, the Clifford thing, I, I never considered the fact that he's injured, but it makes sense because oh, I've got to be a tangent this guy. Me and K-Dog at Magic Round last year, knowing that Clifford was coming to the Knights, more marvelling at his bombs. 
Oh. We just said yeah. we'd watch the Cowboys play, and we would just say, you know, we'd have a we had a skin full of beer. We'd just watch all these kicks up in the air, floating, trying to trying to concentrate on where they were going. Just going, this is so good. And then we, you know, he came here, and then we had the Cowboys game at home where he t- he tortured his edX team with the kicks, and and we we're like, this is the best thing ever. He's gone to Mitchell Pearce end over ends midfield bombs that go nowhere now. Like maybe he is injured. Maybe he hasn't got the strength in his leg to to really give him a hoof. But his kickoffs are still pretty good. You know, they still get up and float around. But um, yeah, maybe that's it because yeah, even even for length, even those forty twenties, like he he was giving them everything he had, and they were still going long enough. But they weren't, you know, flying down the field like he like he can kick them. Yeah, I didn't. I have, I haven't heard anything about him being injured. Well, not that they're going to advertise that, I guess. Mm. But yeah, it's, he's it screams a bit of green stuff, doesn't it? You know, I just sort of think you know a bit of bit of the AFL like osteitis pubis sort of you know constantly kicking gets you you know those little sort of strains in the green. It really sort of feels a bit like that, which is which would be another reason why he's not running the ball because he can't push yeah. off his leg. Yeah, I hadn't that thought of it. that. Um, last part of uh, Meek's question: Come Origin time. Like Caelan will get picked. He's he's he, will get picked at fourteen. Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. absolutely yeah. playing out of his skin yeah. uh, the last two weeks. I think the criticism of Caelan for our last two lot of losses are again proof that people will just be critical of the um, of the biggest name they can reach for. Uh, but yeah, we, all of a sudden we don't have to worry about being decimated by selection for Origin because we're we're too shit to be getting selected. <laughs> Oh yeah, like because we thought you know Frizz was a chance. We thought Daniel was a moral. Jacob was an outside chance. Clem was an outside chance. Mm. You know, Gags, Gags, Gags will play. Gags will get picked. You know, even Gags is playing well, but even if he wasn't, Queensland will still pick him because he's got the runs on the board. Um, yeah, no, it'll be Kalen and Gags, and that'll be enough for us to be shit anyway. Uh, late breaking news, guys. Apparently, Andrew Johns has said on Channel 9 that Gagai suffered an injury yesterday. Oh, of course great. he did. Of course he did. Yeah, well, he, was, he, was, he was in trouble the whole game. He, you know, he was getting attention the whole game. Uh, maybe we need to move Clifford to centres. <laughs> maybe you've predicted it. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, well, this leads if to that's the case, I hope they play Simeon centre. Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense. I think that's a brilliant segue to the last question before we wrap up the show. Uh, Maddie Moy underscore on on Instagram wants to know what, and I stress this, and I cannot stress this enough, the fuck. And I think uh, that is the perfect question to end the show on. Sky, take it away. That was definitely my reaction during the game, after (laughs) the game, before the game, everything. It was just... What the fuck? I that just sums up the nights perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Brett. That's funny, but like you, you, you put a performance in like that, and a lot of fans, even Tigers fans, would know that eventually they'll bounce back. Can you honestly look at the draw and go, oh, this is the game we'll win? Like I look at that no. draw and, and I can't pinpoint anything that, you know. As I said, most fans at least look the badge around and go, We'll play the dogs at round ten, you know. We'll, we'll win that. But I think at this rate we'll be the outsiders in that game. Yeah, I agree. We, we haven't beaten yeah. the Storm since 2015. Amazing. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and we don't win against the Cowboys up in Townsville. So there's two more losses on the trot. That's what yeah. rounds. So that's eight and nine. Yeah, yeah. And then Magic round and round 10. Yeah, we can probably can cover on the back of eight losses. Uh, sorry, six losses. No, yeah. seven losses. Is it? Yeah, seven losses. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I can handle seven losses. 
this round. We tip not, the night, so not, not great. Yeah, I don't think we're going well at all. So we, we we got the Sharks, we got the Broncos, we got the Cowboys. Bunnies let us down, Knights let us down. Of course, the Panthers won. Roosters let us down. I think we're fairly comfortable with the Storm tonight. So that should... That's okay. <laughs> watch... like, obviously, the Knights, we, know, we only tip them because we have to, you know, so yep. that's okay. <laughs> yeah, so one, two, three, four, possibly five. Bredo, I'm thinking as the guest of honour, we're going to get Sky to do our tips for the next round. Are you happy with that? Oh, I'm, I'm looking for someone to blame, mate. So Brilliant. Go fire yeah, away. blame me. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, Sky, start. I'll just reel them off. The Broncos are hosting the Sharks. Sharks. The Titans are hosting the Panthers. Panthers. You don't think the Titans are going to be the first team <laughs> to beat the Panthers in 2022? Look. You never know. I'd back the Panthers reserve grade, honestly. Panthers reserve grade. Because they'd beat us too. They'd beat us too. They'd like, beat, us, not, too. Not, 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 yeah. beat us too. Yeah. Titans are $7 outsiders at home. That is insane to me. Um, the Rabbitohs are hosting the Sea Eagles. Oh, that's a toughie, isn't it? I'm going to go Eagles. Yeah, I, they're, they're outsiders, but I'm with you on yeah, that, Scott. If Tommy yeah. played, you'd be all over Manly, would you? I think Tommy not playing makes yeah. it, but slightly Manly, I agree. Slightly Manly. Uh, Warriors hosting the Faders. Oh, even that one! Like, yeah. oh, wow, tough week. Because Warriors have a six-game turn, six-day turnaround as well. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. It's Canberra because your second half doesn't matter against Canberra. <laughs> mm. <so. laughs> let's yeah, let's go Warriors. Warriors, Bulldogs hosting the Roosters. Mm, Roosters. Yeah, Roosters coming get, off a loss. You've got to think they've got to bounce back now. Yeah? yeah, they have to bounce back. Surely. Uh, Eels hosting the Cowboys. Eels. Okay. Now, this is a legitimate question, actually, <laughs> and I, I, we will go with whoever you tip. This might be yeah. our excuse to not have to tip the way <laughs> we have to tip, but the Knights hosting the Storm. Go the Knights. Just oh, damn it. I have faith. Not a lot of faith. <laughs> but stranger things have happened. And who knows? They might come out. It'll be Kaylin versus Pappy. They have so, their little touch history. Kaylin so might when, turn when, it we on beat them, when we beat them down there in 2015, we were, they were seven that night. Do you reckon they're going to be shorter than that this week? And they'll be away. Dollar twelve. They're a dollar twelve. This, um, this yeah, I reckon. Year. I reckon they're gonna get backed in shorter than that. Yeah. Um, I was actually hoping you'd tip the storm, not because I want to get it right, but because I wanted us to tip against the knights, and that was the one that they won. Anyway. Yeah. Um, There's no chance they had. I mean, no chance they had. <laughs> we can go back and tip Melbourne if you like. No, no, no. You've always got to go with it. You never change your tip. <laughs> oh man. Never change your tip. I have learned that the hard way. Yeah, I've cost myself so many tipping comps by going back on it. The worst okay. thing possible is the ones so where they let you change it through around. the round. Yeah, exactly. And then you hear someone's out, you yeah. change it, you know, an hour before kickoff and you never get them. You'd never do it. Yeah. Sky, yeah. lucky last. Yeah. The Dragons are – now, this is an interesting – oh, no, the Dragons are hosting the Tigers. I actually think that's the this is the hardest one of the round to tip. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, is, that is tough. They're both – what are they, both two wins in a row? Yep. And dragons are at home. I'm just trying to figure out where that home is. If, yeah, if it's Wollongong, that, that's different to me. Cogra, Cogra is not the event Wollongong is. 
It'd have to be. It'd have to be out at Jubilee. Is it Jubilee or is it Net Strata? What the hell it's Net Strata. Net Strata. No, so it's at Win. It's in Wollongong. It's in Wollongong. Um, let's go Tigers. Ooh, and you got to pick the margin for this one. Did they go three field goals in a row? I love it. Yep. Tigers <laughs> by one, three in a yeah, row. Let's, go on. set, go on. let's set some history. Sky, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for joining us. I promise you, this is the lucky Thank last question. No, this is the lucky last question I do want to ask you, though. You came on. One of the reasons we want to have you on is because you are possibly the only Knights fan we know that rivals us for our love of Kalen Ponga. <laughs> what and why do you love him? What about him do you love so much and why do you love him so much? Where has this come from? Uh, I think it's just the vibe. He's just so relaxed and just chilled. And I just, the way he plays, I'm just like... You do not care that you are good. Like, he just, he's so relaxed about it that I'm like, you could be anything, but it's like, he's just going by his natural talent. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I don't know what it is. It's just, he's, yeah, he's, I don't know. I always laugh at the Kalen's, I always laugh at the Kalen's arrogant thing. Like, Kalen's a lot of things. Arrogant is not one of them. Mm. Definitely not arrogant. Yeah, yeah. correct. No, look, as you know, Sky, you follow us on Twitter, you, you, you've listened to the pod, we we, uh, we might say a couple of bad things about him, but we, we <laughs> very actively get worked up when we hear too many bad things about him, so um, I probably agree with you, with your it's assessment like there. Like, I'm the only one that's allowed to talk bad about him. Correct. <laughs> like, Correct. no one else is allowed, it's just me. I might have to give you the keys to Strawberry Galen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll you, take over. You can run that bad again. <laughs> I feel like that's just my whole account at the moment. Kaylin, I'm like, I need to tweet about something else. No, absolutely do not do that. <laughs> I, 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 I used to know Statue Guy quite um, quite fondly and very closely, and he'll tell you that doing nothing but one type of content on your account is one of the most popular things you can do on the internet. So trust me. This works that. well. Yeah. Well, I'll keep going then. Keep going Excellent. with the Kaylin love. Excellent. Sky, <laughs> as I said, it has been a pleasure. Bretto, have you got anything last minute uh, that you want to add? Um, I'll get my shout out to our, our sponsor, A Plus Contracting and Polywelding, for all your contracting and polywelding needs. Just out of the way, Bretto, last call is for you. Keep the faith, Knights fans. This will turn. I guarantee you we have a team, like there's a team list there that has got a football team in it. All the stuff we said pre-season still stands. There is a football team in there. Whether it actually gets found out this year or next, there is a football there, football team there. Keep the faith. I love it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, we'll uh, we'll hopefully see you at the game uh, against Melbourne, and no doubt you'll uh, you'll hear more from us about that. So uh, enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Sports Best Friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people. Find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember, social media isn't a bad place. You just need to follow the right people.